Welcome to The Trophy Life, the podcast that asks the question, aside from the awards and trophies, what are the takeaways participants gain from competitive competition that give them an advantage over those that sit on the sidelines? Welcome today. We have Bradley Warren. He was a competitive ice dancer. Currently, he is a reporter in the Pacific Northwest, best known for his packages on The Wake Up Show in Washington State and Wake Up Montana. Welcome, Bradley. Hi, Kelly. It's weird to be on this side of it. Oh, it feels it feels weird for me to be with a professional on this side of it. So we're even. Well, I don't feel like a professional, so I'm glad I'm faking it well. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, faking it is something I think we all learn from competitive activity, right? You've got cool. to like, yeah, fake it till you make it, right? Yep. yep. Turn that smile on and get the job done. So, uh, when we, first of all, you are in pretty cold temperatures up in the Pacific Northwest. So I imagine there are a lot of outdoor rink yes. uh, skating. So it's very cool. Yeah, so very cold out here. Um, I lived in Bozeman. They had four outdoor ice rinks. There was one mm-hmm. in Bozeman. There was one um, up on the mountain in Big Sky. And then there was a seasonal rink that I coached in. And that one was a ton of fun. And then I get to yeah. skate now on my home rink again um, at Eagles Ice Arena. And with the COVID restriction, things are a little different right now, but um, it was really nice to be back on a home sheet that I was pretty comfortable with. Right. Now, do you, um, now that you're in a professional career, how do um, the skating, you know, some of the skills and habits that you formed in skating, how do they transfer into being a reporter? Because it seems like you have a time package, just like you have a short program, right? Well, so, and I've, I've actually put some thought into this prior to you and I even talking because mm-hmm. I really view my job, my job is a performance. I'm on TV. Right. And, you know, my job is to tell you the news, but it's mm-hmm. also to captivate you and catch your attention. And we mm-hmm. estimate it takes, you know, 30 seconds to get somebody to focus on us and watch us. So in the first 30 seconds of me being on TV, I've got to do something that makes you turn your head and go, okay, what's Bradley going to do today? And I've really taken a lot of the skills from performing into performing on TV. And I think that's what's really been helpful just in my own reporting. And I mean, I don't think everybody who's on TV has been a figure skater, but I think that Mm -hmm. I've had that edge because I know how to get a crowd in. I know how to get somebody to turn their head. And I feel like that has set me apart and helped set me up for success. I, Mm -hmm. I have a minute and 30 every single morning to tell you the news and get you captivated. And Mm -hmm. I I really try to bring those skills from the ice onto TV. And that's something that to me has been a lot of fun creating Mm -hmm. the formula or, or, you know, getting it. I, I guess you could view it as getting new music and going over it in your head. When I get the facts or Mm -hmm. I figure out what the story is, my head starts running. Okay. What can I do? Like this morning I had a story about 17,000 active COVID cases across the state of Montana and I wrote it up on a board and I slid the board in and I said, all right, I just want you to know 17,000 cases that's equivalent to, and I'm going to put it up on the screen right now for you to see Bobcat stadium. And for me, I, I view every single news piece as a performance. Right. And a story, right? Yes, a story that you need to con- and it's you know my old days not as a, I was never a competitive figure skater but my old days of teaching like basic composition you know you have a beginning a middle and an end and in that beginning you need that hook right exactly. so well, I always go back to I hear my I can hear my coach Kendall in my head we mm-hmm. would, when we would practice um she was always on me for timing but when we would do um tests for dance 
syncopate, 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 syncopate. So for me, syncopation is match action. So when I'm on oh. TV and I'm saying there was an accident or there was a car crash, I'm going to show you that because what I'm saying out of my mouth needs to be syncopated with what you're seeing. So I feel like I really incorporate a lot of my eye skills into the show. Mm-hmm. And like, I would, you know, I'll own it. I was no Olympian. Mm-hmm. I was not mm-hmm. a great skater, but the skills that I learned in my time on the ice have translated into my professional career in so many ways. And I'm grateful for that time on the ice. And I'm grateful that I didn't give up. I mean, I didn't go the distance that was not in the cards for me, mm-hmm. but the lessons that I learned were far more valuable than a medal. Not saying I wouldn't have loved a medal. I would have taken one in a heartbeat. I would have taken the trip to the Olympics, (laughs) but it wasn't going to happen for me. And I think part of that journey in skating is getting comfortable with knowing that, you know, that might not pan out for you. And if that doesn't pan out for you, what can you take away from it? And I feel like for me, I learned hard work. Right. I learned how to fail. I learned how to get up when I fall. And I learned how to keep going. And I'll tell you right now, Kelly, Mm -hmm. um, I've had some really bad hits on TV. And that comes with the the job. You know, not every single hit is perfect. And I think that I was able to recover. Back when I first started, I was doing four hits a morning. uh, And I'm doing significantly more. But right out Mm -hmm. of the gate, you know, right out of college, four hits on TV is a Mm -hmm. lot. Mm -hmm. One would be bad. One would be decent. One would be, eh, and one would be really good. Mm -hmm. And it was usually that last one was really good because I had all morning to sit and tweak and tweak and tweak and perfect. Right. And then back to the drawing board the next day. Mm -hmm. And that for me, I felt like is again, something we learn in skating is Mm -hmm. your first program might not be hot, but you know, your long program might be really good or your jumps might not be super great in the beginning, but eventually you're going to get there. And I feel like that for me is a huge takeaway from the ice. You know, that's, um, I love the way that you um, transfer, you know, all of those, um, that routine that you saw as a skating, but winning really is in the eye of the beholder. Isn't that true? Mm Yeah. Well, and you touched on routine and it's funny that mm-hmm. you touch on that because I remember when I graduated college, I was mm-hmm. so excited. I was like, for once in my life, mm-hmm. I'm going to have a nine to five job and yeah. I'm now on morning yeah. TV. So that didn't happen for me. Mm-hmm. But my boss said to me, one of the biggest reasons, you know, we were drawn to you is based off of all of the stuff that you did. We know you can get up and we know you can go to work. And that's what I can do. I know how to get up in the morning before the sun comes up, because we all know that's when we're getting up. And I know how to be productive (laughs) before the sun comes up. And I know how to get my job done. And I don't take failure as an option. Right. Or less is more as an option. Mm -hmm. I do the job to the best of my ability. And what I put out there every day, I know on the show is what the viewers need. And I don't take that for granted. And I think that that's, again, something I learned at the rink. I learned how to get up early. I learned how to put effort into a program. I learned how to put effort into yeah. a job that was hard. Right. And, not get and I mean, sure, they might not have been the most beautiful jumps, but gosh, I sure gave it my all and I could right. do them at, you know, the end of the day. And I think that that was that's so much more important to me right now today in my career that mm-hmm. I learned those lessons early in life as mm-hmm. opposed to today on the job. Well, another thing that um, some of your, um, for, you know, former competitive um, uh, contemporaries share with me is that 
two things that they learned was um, that was important was the the critical analysis, the harsh criticism. And the second was the harsh criticism. Sometimes coaches can be incredibly direct and it can be taken personally. And how did you learn to deflect that? Because I'm sure the first time that you um, maybe gave a live, you know, or one of the times that you were on live, it's everything went wrong. You know, yep. there was a oh, siren in the background or a train. Yeah. Yep. Well, and it's, it's actually funny you bring up the siren in the train because, and I'm, I'm really fortunate. I have a, a really great bro- boss that I respect so much. Her name's Tracy. Mm-hmm. And she's helped me through a lot of that and provided mm-hmm. that corrective criticism. And I kind of view her kind of as that coach. Um, yeah. And so she's been kind of just like tra- a transition, right. From right. ice skating to, you know, boss. But, and I always, we, when I do ice rink stories, I always bring her and she laughs because she, we're always at the ice rink and I've, I've done several of them and she's been a good sport about it, but it's funny you bring up the train and the siren. I remember the first time that happened to me and it flustered mm-hmm. me. Um, and she called me and she was like, Hey, uh, why'd that bother you? Why'd that fluster you? And I was like, because uh, mm-hmm. it was a siren. And she goes, yeah. okay, just stop what you're saying and say, hey, everybody, there's a siren driving mm-hmm. by. I'm going to give it a second to go by and right. then um, get resume. back into the story right. and resume. And she was like, be honest about it. Be transparent about it. So totally happened flustered on air. I just thought that was funny that you um, brought that one up. But yeah, things fall apart literally every single day. And I think right. for me as they fall apart, um, it's how I pick up from the fall apart and move forward because I can't just stop and go like, I'll give you an example. Um, Mm -hmm. last weekend, I think it was last, no, it was two weekends ago. Um, we were having a great show. The show I was anchoring the weekend show and Mm, that's great. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I like the weekend show. We're a little more laid back. We're kind of more like Saturday. Welcome. You know, so things were going great. The energy was going great. I was really like, this is good. This is a good mm-hmm. show. And and I'm really hard on myself because mm-hmm. I think all of us who have a competitive background expect a really, really high bar. Yeah. So I yeah. was, I was happy. My bar was met right before the 30. That's what we call the half hour break right before the 30 mm-hmm. started. Everything crashed. The whole system crashed. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, <laughs> and then I, <laughs> my producer goes, Toss weather, toss weather, toss weather, toss weather. I had to ad lib for 10 minutes on TV. And it was the biggest fumble of my life. And it was funny because, I mean, I'm here trying to do hard news with <laughs> no script. So making it up, not making it up, but, you know, we're we're trying to make right. it work as we go off an iPad. Trying to stretch she, it. She's dropping. A tree airdrop. falling, right? Yeah. How are you going to yeah. stretch that out into 10 minutes? Oh, that's really what we did. And I, mm-hmm. I had a good producer who was airdropping scripts to me as from the iPad in the other room. And I'm like, like this. And it was really, really hard. And I watched it back and it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Right. But, and, and I think that that's also a, a huge you know, I, I mm-hmm. guess in my job, I have the ability to rewatch what I do every mm-hmm. single day, but I don't think it's ever as bad as we always perceive it is. I think that, right. you know, when you throw something out on the ice, you don't get to watch it back instantly. And you're like, oh, that was the worst thing ever. And then you watch it back and you're like, oh, okay, well, maybe I can do this. But I mean, I had, I couldn't stop there. And right. I felt like that was a performance that I had to keep going through. It was hard, but right. we made it work. And that to me, again, goes back to that whole situation on ice. When you fall, you don't fall and stay down. You right. fall, you get right back up and you keep going until that music turns off. And that was 
that was my, you know, that was my fall that I had to continue right. <laughs> to go through until the show was done, until we could get the system back up. Right. And that's USFS figure skating's um, motto, right? When we, we fall, up. we get back up, right? Yep. So yep. when another thing, especially when you were partnering in ice dance, mm-hmm. one thing that was probably drilled into you was focus, 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 because you you literally have someone else's safety on the line. Yeah. So this is oh. no time to be worrying about something that happened in the car on the way to the rink or yeah. something that you have to do when you leave the rink. And I'm sure your coach was very forceful about getting in your face and saying, you're here right now in this moment. And the ability to do that is a skill. Well, what's actually really funny, and I can remember this, it's something that Adams actually said, Mm -hmm. and I think it was Frank who might've said it to him. Mm -hmm. Um, He said, go out there and do your job. And that's what my coach, Kendall would always say to me. She's, you, you know, this go out and do your job. And that's kind of how I, uh, and I guess now that we're talking through this, I guess I don't realize how much I actually crutch on some of these skills yeah. in the morning. I love this because you know what? Every single person that I have interviewed, are, I see the connecting of the dots. Yeah. And it's so exciting for me to like see that expression on your face. Like, yeah, you know what? Come to think of it. This is why I'm successful at this. And come to think yeah. of it. So keep it coming. Keep it coming. No, I just truly feel like, you know, um, that morning when the show crashed, what am I going to do? I got to do my yeah. job. And, and, oh, I, nice. and I can remember Kendall saying that to me. Um, and I was like, I don't know. I don't know, Kendall. I don't think we can do this today. And she was like, go out there and do your job. Right. And I was up next. <laughs> so it wasn't like a, you know, it wasn't, but I, you know, I, I pair, I partnered up a little bit while I was in Bozeman um, with a girl named Sydney and she and I got along mm-hmm. so well. And what was really fun about that experience was we were super in sync. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of knew what she was going to do next, but to your point, you know, there's mm-hmm. always drama at an ice rink. I think that mm-hmm. there's no way in avoiding that, that just comes with right. the territory. But when you out, are out on the ice, you, you got to be like this and you've got to do your mm-hmm. job. And that was something Sydney and I, um, you know, it didn't really matter what was going around right. us. That was our time to be together and have mm-hmm. fun. And right. I, I always viewed this, my journey in that world, in this world right. as right. fun, as opposed to competition. Like, you know what, if I got a medal, like, cool, I got a medal. Right. Like I was really in it for the fun. And um, I think that that's one of the reasons why Sid and I clicked so well was she was, and she was so much more advanced than I was. So I was just so like grateful that she'd even want to skate with me, but you know, You're so we, humble. You're so humble. I'm not that good. We won't show the videos, <laughs> <laughs> but she was so much fun. And we were, we worked on a couple of programs together that we were going to skate to in a show that unfortunately got canceled because mm-hmm. of COVID, right. but going through that process of, you know, I, we met, we were coaching together, learned to skate. And I just, she was so much fun to watch. And I was like, mm-hmm. Hey, like, did you ever do dance or pairs? And she was like, yeah, I, I dabbled in it, but I never finished the test. Mm-hmm. And I was like, should we like do this? And yeah. it was fun to have that connection later in life because I think, and again, that's might go kind of towards what the big picture of this whole process is this whole podcast is, you know, there's a lot of, emphasis put on the first several years of skating. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, what do you do? Well, I was able to, in that afterwards portion, in that portion where we're all supposed to retire, I was able to make a friend in it and, right. and have fun. And we were going to compete, you know, or right. we were going to 
work a shell program together. And I was able to do that because of those early skills. It was something I was able mm-hmm. to come back to. Right. And again, it provides you this social life outside of work that I think we all need. Right. But again, those skills in the workplace to be able to perform and turn on and overachieve and work hard are something mm-hmm. that drilled into me. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody asked me once, um, especially after like 2014, they would say, well, what's Adam's plan B? And that, that to me is like a silly question because I feel like you can't have like a straight line. The trajectory to any goal should be quite broad. Yeah. You know, it's nice to have a specific location, but you can't have a goal of in four years, I will graduate and then nothing else in between. Right. Yes. Yeah. So There's I, the journey. right. And so I would always say his goal is like his plan a his only plan is a consistent pattern of improving every day as long as he does that it's going to take him somewhere maybe the olympics maybe somewhere else but it's going to take him somewhere of quality so as long as you're honest with yourself and you have you establish a pattern of daily improvement you're going to get somewhere well and I guess to build on that, that's kind of mm-hmm. our fun that you and me have been using today. Mm-hmm. I, I I watch everything back in the morning. So after I do a show, I watch it back and I go, okay, I liked that. What could yeah. I have done differently? And I just yesterday I did this. Um, there was a huge car accident yesterday. Thankfully, nobody was injured. That's, wow. you know, always the great yeah. moment. I was out on the side of the road for three hours. And while I was on live TV, a patrol car started ramming into um, the car that was on the side of the road to push it out of the side of the road to open traffic back up. Mm-hmm. And I got to talk about that on TV and I was watching it back and I, I was, I was so like, oh my gosh, this is happening at the mm-hmm. time that I didn't realize to say, oh my gosh, you guys come look at your screen. A patrol car is pushing a car out of the middle yeah. of the road because I was so like, it was for me, that was a taking stock moment in myself. Okay. And I, I, you know, go back to, how can I get better every day? How can I get, can, first right. off, consistency is always something that I strive for. But how can I build on a moment like that? You know, you've got right. this this moment. How can I make that better the next time? How can I hit that out of the park the next time? How can I get that gold medal mm-hmm. the next time? Right. And I think that I, I don't ever, for me and my job, because my job is, I think, different than a lot of people's jobs. Um, and I don't mean that in like an arrogant way. It's just you know, there's nothing. There's so much variety. Yeah, yeah. it's different. It's a new day every yeah. day. Yeah. There, day. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what I'm doing mm-hmm. when I walk in the door. Right. It, could be, it could be a massive car accident. Right. It could be, it's Veterans Day. You know, it, it, it's it, like being a nurse in an ER, though. Right. 100%. You know, you know what's coming in the door. Right. You just 100%. have to use your skills. Use yeah. your skills. Yes. I you hit that one. And for me, um, having that ability to I don't ever view myself as done. I, I, right. I, you know, and I think that if you look at your position as completed and I have nothing to improve on, you can't get better. And I don't think I'm the best. I want right. to be the best. Right. I, I want to be somebody who can do a consistent, efficient job every single day. Can I do a consistent job? Yes. Can I do a hundred times better? Absolutely. And I think that I want to continue to push myself. And I think the reason I push myself is because of this background that I have. And I don't, I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't feel like we can 
plateau. I feel like when you plateau, when you say like, I've done it, I've hit it, I've hit the mark, like you close yourself off from more opportunity. I have an expression in my book that success is a doorway you walk through, not a room that you sit in. I love that. Thank you. Because you keep moving. Yeah, you know what? I have found that the skaters that have the most, whether they're skaters or whether they are um, professional students, or any of those people that have um, had uh, detachment, the difficulty with the detachment process of a specific goal. You know, that the goal wasn't broad, like to be better or to improve. The goal was to go to Worlds, go, you know, be on the podium. Yeah. So I found that that for them is the hardest thing that it's because they they took the opportunity to sit in the room because the the opportunity repeated itself. So instead of keep going through the bigger door and another door, they got comfortable being where they were and they sat down and then one day they weren't there and they didn't know how to get out of the room. Well, yeah. I remember when I first started in Montana, it was, like I said, four hits a day. And wow. my goal <laughs> My, my goal and was- Look at you. You're doing like the visual as you're doing it for me. I appreciate that. My boss would say, stop doing that. I would do four hits a day and I I would do exactly what you're saying. Yeah. I would, I would have a small checklist every day of things I wanted to accomplish. Right. And then if I accomplished those, I would give myself coffee and <laughs> I would go start- That's by- nice for a treat though. Yeah. A reward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if I accomplished those, then it was the next day. What are the four new things you're going to do? And then what are the four new things? And then what are the four new things? And I, what I am, what's so, you know, great about being on TV is you get pretty instant feedback because you have, yeah. you know, 300,000 people watching you. So as um, I continued to grow and progressively get better, the viewers would reach out to me and they'd say, what you did today was really funny or the way you broke that down, I really understood. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was the biggest compliment. You know, I, I don't need people to message me and say, hey, your hair looked great. I want people to message me and say, the way you explained coronavirus made that sense. That helped me talk to my kid. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it that took thought every day. And, and that to mm-hmm. me was the reward in the work was that I was sitting there going, okay, so I have a balloon and I have, you know, a cowboy hat. How do I mm-hmm. make that into a story? Mm-hmm. And and that was something that I did. I was able to touch on that kind of creative element mm-hmm. and and I still try to tap on to this day because I want to pull people in and I want to tell them the story. And I just remember, you know, one of my favorite stories that I did. Um, and I, I just loved the story. I was so attached to it. And I don't know why I think, you know, we all find little mm-hmm. things in work that we get attached to. But for me, one of my very favorite stories that I ever, ever did was on these things called the Christmas spiders in downtown mm-hmm. Bozeman. And they were, they're like giant pieces of garland that are hung through the city. And, I told this story, I had like garland and I was outside and I made it into a big Christmas rhyme. And I just fell in love with the story. And it's such a simple story on the surface. Mm -hmm. We're putting up Christmas garland and decorating the city. And I was able to make it about how this man who showed up 13 or 25 years ago on his first day of work was told he has to go take the garlands down. Well, he's putting the garland up for the last time because he's retiring. And it was a retirement story about this firefighter who's done it for 23 years. And like, it just took off and it was, I turned it into like a Christmas poem and said, he hung the garland with care and it was so much Mm. fun. But that's to me, like a story within news that I was able to tell and be really creative. Yeah, I just, 
I loved, I loved that moment, but Mm -hmm. you know, again, I, I, that was when I was getting to a point within my career where I felt I was hitting those basic points, but then I could take it to that next level and then take it to that next level and continue through those doors. And Mm -hmm. I had, you know, again, I had this great boss who continued to push me and she always says, I'd rather pull you down off the ceiling than have to get you up there to start with. So I've been really great, you know, grateful to have this boss who wants me to be creative and, you know, push the wall or not, maybe not the wall, but push the boundaries. But for me personally, Mm -hmm. going back to what we're talking about, Mm -hmm. you can't get comfortable. You have to be comfortable. comfortable. Right. That was a huge part of it. That's where you grow, right? Outside the comfort zone. Yeah. And just even in like the last, I would say, you know, a couple of months, I've moved into Mm -hmm. a new role in my job and Mm -hmm. I haven't been good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've struggled with that. And I was mm-hmm. talking to my friend, Leslie, who's like, just, she's, she's an icon in the TV world. I, mm. Like, I love her. And it's always she, good I, to have like a Meryl Davis around, right? That's, that, that is my Meryl Davis. <laughs> yeah. And, and we should, we love Meryl. We, Meryl she's so that. quiet and people just look at her, but she is actually the queen because she, any oh. skater I have ever known that had a problem, talk to Queen Meryl. Yeah. I remember the, well, I like got into skating because of Mm -hmm. them. I saw them at stars on ice in like 2004 and I have it over here. It's one of the schmuckers, uh, strawberries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I remember seeing them for the first time and I actually got to go to their Olympics, um, for school, which was like, what? Yeah. Were you interning or what, what happened? No, um, I was in high school and we were in a parade in the marching band. In the Vancouver or the Sochi? Vancouver. Or, okay. Oh, so you're in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. yeah we were just a yeah. stone's throw away. And I just. But impossible remember, to get to. Oh my like God. The Olympics. So like, yeah. Oh, I was like, oh my God. I'm at yeah. the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. But when um, I saw them on Stars on Ice, it was such like a moment. Like I saw them there and then yeah. I seen Stars on Ice. And then as I got older, I got to work with them. And I remember the first time I met Meryl and I was just like, it's Meryl Davis, it's Meryl Davis. Like, what, what do you say to Meryl Davis? Yeah. And I remember the first time I met Charlie and I'm sure he remembers this because mm-hmm. I got to work with Charlie pretty closely. I said, oh my God, you're Charlie, Dan, Charlie White. <laughs> I'm Charlie White, you're right. And I was like, but it's like you. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it's me. I was like, can we take a picture together? Yeah. And we did, Charlie's great, but you're right. So back to the the main point of this, Leslie's so great. She said, I said to her, Leslie, I'm not doing well. I don't know why I'm not doing well. I don't feel like I'm doing well. And I really want to do well. And she said, that's why you're going to do well is because you want to do well and you can identify that you're uncomfortable. And Mm -hmm. that means you're on the crops or crafts of getting better. And you're taking risks. When you're uncomfortable, that means you are willing to risk you, you know, touching base with your humbleness. <laughs> um, you, you know, you're you're willing to risk improving at the, you know, um, at the counterpoint of failing, right? And that's failing is just kind of like another push off. Like when you're you're trying to learn to swim and your feet touch the ground, it, you know, touching the ground is another push off, and that's what kind of like a, a failure to succeed is. It's not permanent. Exactly. Well, and you and me have already touched on this a little bit, but I mean, Mm -hmm. I think skating really taught me how to fail. And I think that that's so important. And I think we live in kind of a, you know, trophy for everyone era, which is great. Like, you know what? No, it's not great. I got to stop you. It's not great. (laughs) Everyone should feel like they're a part of the team, right? Like, I think it's good that we all feel- It should come intrinsically, not extra. I agree with you. Yeah. 
And I think for me, like there were plenty of times that I didn't mm-hmm. win. I mean, there are more times that I didn't win. Right. <laughs> I mean, and there was a third, I, I remember the first trophy I ever won or medal I ever won, it was bronze. And I was like, oh my God, like, at least I'm on the podium. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, this is so cool. But I learned how to fail. I learned how to fall. And I think yeah. that the failing for me really helped me attack mm-hmm. things differently yeah. every yeah. single day. Because there, like we're saying, there was no complacency. Like right. you had to continue to push yourself to evolve. And I'm right. glad that I had to evolve because I feel like there was probably, you know, there's, I think a window maybe I guess for all of us to get comfortable and, um, you know, be in that safe place. And I never felt like I had that mm-hmm. safe spot because I always had someone pushing me onto the next, you know, level or move right. or, you know, it, it was always, there's always more. And what Goals. I took away from that exactly was mm-hmm. you're never done learning. Right. So that's where I feel like I'm at. And I feel like for me, it, it keeps me open. It, it yeah. Me- they say freestyle, but skating isn't about freestyling. It is, they have mapped out goals and many goals are set around a four-year periodization, right? Yeah. And you have a schedule. Yep. And I mean, I'm sure you have that with, you know, when you look at the seasons of your career, you know, you're going to have a back to school, you know, like as you're, as you're doing Christmas things, you're thinking, oh my God, this store is a perfect setup for a back to school story. Like you're collecting, right? Exactly. I, my boss always says you're putting things in your toolbox. Yes. (laughs) So we, I was just today, what are we going to do for Black Friday? REI, they opt out, opt out Black Friday. Mm -hmm. That's their thing. So yes. Um, it's a, there is a lot of planning that goes into it. And you're right. It is a season. There's back to school. Mm-hmm. There's an election cycle that we right. covered for three and a half weeks. Well, actually right. we covered it for four years, but right. <laughs> you know, but this a huge focus, right. Focus. And we didn't stop. We, we literally did not stop. I got in on Tuesday and we went until Saturday when that race was called. Mm-hmm. And that's just what you do. You're tired. You have a cup of coffee and you keep going. <laughs> right. But, you know, you're right. It's totally in cycles. And we know that, you know, with COVID, that's definitely thrown things for kind of a loop. But, but you're learning more, right? You le- you probably learn. You have learned probably more about um, isolation techniques and errorless error error. Um, what is that called? Um, an aerosol. Um, the the airborne transmission oh, yes. of uh, viruses and. Well, I've so- been covering it literally since day one. Yeah. I mean, and. We had in the state of Washington in Spokane, you know, Washington state was the epicenter of coronavirus in the United right. States. Right. I forgot about that. Yes. Seattle. So we really saw the brunt of that. And then that moved from Washington into Idaho into Montana. So we really were mm-hmm. kind of the, the forefront of it, getting to see it evolve and right. grow life out of whack. And I, I mean, I remember when we first made that decision to start the working from home process, I yeah. was like, I'm a reporter and I'm going to be live mm-hmm. on my couch. Right. Like I, it did. How did that work? How did that work? It was weird. Um, I was in a bureau. I was a bureau reporter at the time. Mm-hmm. So I still had access to my office since I was the only person who worked in it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in the very beginning, we didn't know if we could be outside. We didn't right. know, you know, we just did not know. So I did a lot of hits in the very beginning from inside, which was, it's, not something, you know, you normally do as a reporter, you're outside where the news is happening. So it felt weird, but I, again, Mm -hmm. had to look at it from 
okay, is sitting on a couch going, hi, I'm here this morning, going to keep someone informed. And I had to figure out a new way to get creative. And one of the stories that I did in the beginning of this was how to stay fit during coronavirus. And we did a push-up challenge on air. (laughs) It was just... Yeah, see, that's a great idea. Yeah, I see a lot of, even like I see uh, Ginger Z, she does like a cooking segment or like a science segment on Instagram with her kids. So it's really like pushing those, um, that creative idea beyond the confines of what your job description, right? Well, and my boss always has said to me, and I I go back to a lot from what she says, because I've learned so much from her. And she's like, Mm -hmm. been so great for me as a boss. And I've been very fortunate, Mm -hmm. again, that I have a boss that's like, go be crazy and creative. And she said this to me in the very beginning. And I think that this is, um, I think this is an important statement. And I wish I would have heard it a lot sooner, because I think Mm -hmm. it's a cliche, you know, we always hear I'll be yourself. Um, She's I called her, I was like, Tracy, I'm not Peter. I'm not Joe. Like I'm not doing, you know, how it's supposed to be. And she said, great. I didn't hire a Peter and a Joe. I hired a Bradley. So you're doing exactly what I wanted you to do. And I've been really fortunate in, in that realm that she's like, go, go have it. But, um, you know, with all of this going on, she's, Mm -hmm. she said to me, what's really good. Good reporters can look at four four walls and be stuck in those four walls, but take you outside of those four walls mm-hmm. and never look at a room as where you're, you're set. Look at it as like the building point to the story. So that's kind of mm-hmm. how I've been attacking things. It's like, okay, I'm in my little sheet of ice. How do I tell the story in my little sheet of ice? Right. Which for me, hasn't been crazy difficult since I've got to do it before. Right. Right. No, that makes sense. And I love the way that um, I can hear the respect you have and the admiration you have for your mentor slash boss. And without I mean, she's probably she probably knows what she's doing as far as she's creating a boss in you. She's not making you a better reporter. She's making you a better manager first of yourself and then so that you can manage others. And that, that's what kids can learn, too, from a quality coach or a quality parent are those management skills. Well, and I've been very fortunate, one, to have that in her as a boss mm-hmm. and two prior as I, I mean, I had a couple of coaches and I'm sure, you know, we all can sit, we all had some really good ones and some that we all didn't mm-hmm. love. And I had I was really fortunate to have two really good ones. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just the time that I mean, Kendall and I are still really close. I mm-hmm. mean, she texted me the other morning because there was a car accident outside our house. And she was like, were you out there? And I was like, actually, I was I didn't realize that was your house. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, I mean, we we're still friends to this day. And we still yeah. I mean, I my hope is once this is over, I can get back out with her and we can start having some fun again. But and it will be over one day, we just don't know when but I mean, you're right. totally right having those mentors like that, that instill those things in you, help you when Mm -hmm. somebody comes to you for help. And, and I, I mean, and I, I don't, I guess I don't view myself as that yet, but I, I just, I am grateful that I have people in my life who are letting me be creative and use, because this is, I told her like right out of the cuts when she hired me, I was like, well, listen, I'm a figure skater. And that like comes with the territory. (laughs) And she was like, great and i don't think she realized that it really like came with the territory right because i always holler to an ice rink whenever she's around and she wants to come every now and then she'll do a check-in in the morning and it just always accidentally happens to be on a day that we're doing an ice rink story <laughs> but 
you know, and we, she's got to see me skate. So that was kind of fun the last time she was mm -hmm. around. But I mean, it, it being able to be creative and like mm -hmm. unleash these things that I learned so long ago right. has been instrumental in my success. Yeah. Well, where you are in the Pacific Northwest is one of the most um, popular areas for U.S. figure skating to have nationals or to have Grand Prix. Because I remember a few years ago, Adam did one in Everett, Washington. Yes, um, that would have been because I worked it. Um, well, 2008. I don't know if you were you oh, even no. born then. No, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, 2008. I was in eighth grade. Okay, uh, you didn't work that one. He was that was no. his that was um, his first Grand Prix. Okay, so that probably was Skate America. Yeah, and then there was also just recently Skate America in um, Everett again. Mm -hmm. and I was fortunate enough to work on that and that it was actually really fun. I, I worked um, on the comms team for that mm -hmm. and they gave me a credentialing that said U.S. figure skating. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. We love Team USA. Yeah. <laughs> so it was me and my friend Stephanie got to work that together. Um, but yeah, that was that was a really cool experience. That was my that was my first Grand Prix too. <laughs> you know what? It, it It always turns like that. Sometimes, you know, you have to be careful when you're setting your goals because your brain is processing it literally. Mm -hmm. So when you say, my goal is to go to the Olympics, your brain might be figuring out how you get a decent job and afford a ticket to the Olympics, not necessarily well, go as an athlete. Exactly. And I, I'm glad that you said that because this brings up something. I had a, a manager at our ABC Fox station that I worked with. His name was Keith, mm -hmm. or he was a, a general manager. So he was like right. a big guy. And he, we would do check-ins and... And like I said, I'm very hard on myself. And that's something yeah. I know that I'm, I am. And I think that that, again, comes with the nature. And right. I said to Keith, you know, I said, this is my goal. This is my goal. This is my goal. This is my goal. I want to work at this station. I want to work at this station. And it wasn't the station I was at. And he said, <clears throat> you know what I'm hearing? And I said, what, Keith? He said, I hear that you want to be a local news reporter. And I was like, yes. He was like, right. well, you are that. Right. And I was like, oh. You're right, I am. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was like, I can't believe I did this. <laughs> like that was right. the kind of for me. And I was several months in at that point. That was the first time that I realized I had accomplished what I had set out to do. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the way I thought I was going to do it. That's right. But mm -hmm. I had done it and mm -hmm. I needed to hear it from him. But so like, you know, I didn't really realize until I was right I guess, having that ticket, like you're saying, on that plane as a spectator, like or a so coach. Yeah. Or a reporter. One day. Mm -hmm. Well, you already did, kind of, right? If I you were in Vancouver. Did. Yeah, well, I was in Vancouver. At, did you have media access? No, I was in high school. It, we were there. Um, there was a parade through the city. Yeah. And just our high school, because we were on the border, got selected right. to go. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. But it's also, and it's funny, you know, we don't know how small the world is until, you know, after right. fact. So many people were at that Olympics that I now know really well. And we were all right. there at the same time. Uh, one of them being Lynn, who mm -hmm. I'm really close with. And she's a, she's a great, amazing person. Who I, right. I When Lynn came into my life, she was really somebody that I needed at that time. And I didn't right. realize that. And she, she's just been so hugely important to me. Mm -hmm. she, I met her at a competition that I was right. working for a radio station. And she called me and said, hey, do you want to be my intern? And I was like no, I don't, I don't even know how to do what you do. And she said, okay, well, you're hired in your first assignments in your inbox. And I was like, 
oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and it was doing some PR stuff with her. Yeah. But there's been so many times, and this kind of goes back to a couple of the points we've already made. I, I would call in and say, well, I don't know if this person likes me. And she'd go, mm-hmm. well, it doesn't matter if that person doesn't like you. You've got a job to do. And mm-hmm. you got to figure out how to do that job. Mm-hmm. And again, like sometimes hearing those things really helped me. Um, yeah. it's it, Well, it's just... Um, you know, it's important because I think sometimes as a performer, you're really immersed in your feelings. And yes. being successful is about facts. It's about yeah. collecting facts. And then once you collect the facts, then you kind of connect with feelings. And then you establish more facts. And then you move on. Yes. But you need somebody to say, whoa, 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 liking, liking has nothing to do with moving 100%. ahead. Right. It's a job. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a goal. It's a point. Right. And and Lynn, Lynn was, um, and you know Lynn. She, yes, of uh, course. She was very instrumental. She came mm-hmm. kind of at the end of my college career. Mm-hmm. Was very instrumental in helping me realize some of that right. stuff. And I didn't realize that I needed to hear that not everybody <laughs> needs to like you. Right. <laughs> you know? And I think we all kind of strive for that moment where we can look out and everyone's smiling and clapping. Um, and for me, as somebody who wanted to please everybody, yeah, and still does. How do you? How did you break away from knowing that it's it's one thing, and I think it comes with age because I think I was probably in my forties before I was able to handle people being mad at me, just yeah, because of that. things that might be beyond my control. So you're certainly far away from that, but. How did you get to a point where you know it's not life or death, where it didn't paralyze you or really like create an obstacle for your day or for your progress? Like, how did you, you know, come to terms with that? I I mean, I don't know if I'm totally there. Like, I think, like, it it depends on who assigns me what I'm supposed to do. Right. (laughs) Sometimes it's easier for me to go, I can't do that. And there are other times, like, you know, my boss, Tracy, assigns me something. I go, I got to do a good job for her because she wants me to do it. And I mean, I, I like, I don't know. I, I, I don't have a complete answer for you there, but there right. are definitely, you know, it, for me, I guess I want to do the best that I can do. Right. And if I know that I did that, I guess I'm still smiling at the end of that performance. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, if you do your best, they're going that's what they want yeah so if you want to do what they you think they want you to do you're gonna there's too many steps involved there just do your best one step again that to me it ties back to kind of that in the beginning for my career Mm -hmm. when i was going and i'm still in the beginning of my career i'm only three years deep into this Mm -hmm. but you know it it feels like a night and day difference from when i first started in january you know, three years ago alone in a blizzard and had no idea what I'm doing to now where I'm mm-hmm. like anchoring a TV show, which is like crazy because I never mm-hmm. thought in my life I'd be doing that. But it goes back to that point for me. And I say this to myself. Mm-hmm. I go, you know, Tracy said to me, she goes, I didn't hire a Joe or a Peter. And right. Joe and Peter are great. Love working with them. They're two of the greatest people I work with. And they're two of my really good friends. She goes, I hired a Bradley. And I, I had to get out of that headspace of how would somebody else attack something and how would I attack it? Mm-hmm. And what I learned is the more genuine I was, the more myself I was, right. the more people liked it. And because yes. and, I wasn't trying to be somebody else. And, I, and it wasn't even that I was trying to be somebody else. I just, I saw a formula that was working and I thought well, I have to copy that formula. And I just really 
that was something I needed to hear. That's interesting because I love the idea that you said once you felt you were yourself and you weren't someone that you worked with, you weren't a Tom or a Joe, that you were Bradley, that you felt more competent. Yeah, I truly did. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I, I look, it's funny because like I watched the stuff back from in the beginning months when I was clearly trying to like be newsboy Bradley. Yeah. And, and then I would watch like the hit back that I did when I was dancing with the cheerleaders for a football game. And I was like, I, w- I would watch that one over that one because right. I like, I wasn't, a, and also I think, you know, a little bit of it was nerves in the beginning and you're right. in a new area and you're like, Oh, I don't want these people to think I'm crazy. And then right. you were right. like, you know, I, as I evolved, I was like, Oh, maybe they like my crazy. <laughs> so, right. and, and I think that that was, it would be helpful. crazy if Tom did that. It's not crazy when you do it. Exactly. Well, mm-hmm. and we had this running joke on the show about my hair. Mm-hmm. And I was so like in the thing, I sprayed my hair and I, I danced with this cheerleader. And mm-hmm. it, it was funny. And it was right. it was a Bradley hit. And I, I mean, I watch it back and I'm like, that was when I was me. Right. And, and I really try to take that into the hit just myself. And, and, and it's, again, you know, I, I have this ability to get this instant feedback from the viewership mm-hmm. that I don't think everybody gets in their own job. And I, I remember somebody messaged me and said, you're such a great role model for my son. And I was like, oh, I'm boy. sorry. <laughs> That's an Olympic medal. That's yeah, an exactly. Olympic medal. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I, it was like, and, and you know, I think when someone says that to you, you don't know how to receive it. Cause I, I don't know how to receive right. stuff like that because that's not an everyday thing, but mm-hmm. you know, I think when I am 100% just me, that's what I can give right. you. I, I feel like those were, again, I keep going back to this, but those were things that I, I learned how to be myself right. because of skating. And then I was able to do it in my job, but I didn't realize I needed to do it in my job until somebody told me to do it. Right. And it took me a while to figure out how to do me, right. but once I figured it out, I, you know, master the process because it's just me (laughs) yeah well you know what i love the idea that you said once you realize that you have to create your own formula because for you to like see see role models like say charlie and meryl and try to be charlie white that's exhausting that's right you can't be that perfect (laughs) well you can't you know what you can't be charlie exactly charlie can't be you no matter where the yeah. perfection level is. And I think once skaters realize that they don't have to copy, you know, it's one thing to admire and to um, adapt things, styles or, or expressions or movements that people, you know, are attracted to, but to try and be on that same track, there's only room for one, right? Well, and I think that that uniqueness is what gives us the ability to make that connection. And right. And I feel like, you know, just being able to be me Yeah. I, and I'll, I'll like not, I, I do hard news, but I also right. try to be funny. And if I right. can make one person smile a day right. or, you know, really convey some, you know, important news, then I've done my job. Right. But I also think that that true authentic self, and, and I said this to a group of kids that I was talking to in Bozeman who wanted to learn about journalism. Mm-hmm. It is, I think you know, we hear it and it's such a cliche that like, oh, do you just be you. Right. We don't ever actually realize when we're supposed to be us. 
(laughs) And I didn't know that I was supposed to just be me at work. And it was funny because I was thinking the other day, I was like, well, I just talked to my mom and my boss uses this analogy all the time. Like, how would you tell your mom your story today? And I was like, well, the way I just told that to my mom was not the way I would have said that on TV. And I was like, well, I can't do that. I just always got to do me. And so for me, you know, I think there's a time when, you know, I've got to be the more serious me and then there's the more fun me, but it's still got to just be me. That's like, and the other morning I, um, we were having issues on air and I just owned it. I was like, Hey, you know how it is. We're struggling right now. We're going to get another cup of coffee. We'll see you back here in a second. Mm -hmm. I I think the transparency being yourself and being just open about that. It's relatable. We're all struggling, right? Well, and I don't think anybody looks to me for perfection. I mean, That's if right. they do, I'm sorry, <laughs> they won't find it. But well, I also, you know what? It's almost not trustworthy. Exactly. And I, I think that the flaws are there. And yeah. I would rather just own the flaws and be like, yeah, sorry, guys, you know, and then we move on and right. sure we talk about it. But and also, yeah. I don't yeah. know about you. But I don't feel like there is a flaw or a mistake that you can't overcome. Like, I I don't feel like, again, it goes back to getting up, you know. Right. Something happens, you just keep moving. You just keep pushing forward. Right. No, I agree with that, that those weaknesses that are revealed, they're opportunities, right, to strengthen. Yeah. 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 So what are the, let's wrap this up and let's tell parents, um, what are like the biggest takeaways that they have, you know, a young, a young son or a young daughter in the sport and, um, they're, they're looking around, you know, when they see some of their contemporaries at the rink going on to sectionals, maybe they didn't make it through, uh, regionals or they're, they're, you know, struggling with zoom lessons now with COVID, um, where do they get that? Where? Do, how dig? How deeply do they have to dig? You know, to get that get up mentality. Well, I think it's for me going mm-hmm. back to taking stock and what you accomplished. So mm-hmm. I go back and I look at the hit and what were the good things and what were the bad things and what can I do better the next time. And I think one of the good things for me always with skating was again, you know, it might not have been the best. I might not have been the best. I wasn't the best. Um, there were certain things that I did well, there were certain things that I enjoyed really well, but there were not, you know, they weren't things that took me all the way to the Olympics. But what mm-hmm. I can look back on at those things is my best friends in the whole world yeah. did what I did. I always had somebody to talk to. When I moved, I made an instant friend group, which was great for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't alone. And I laughed and I had fun. And I think, you know, those moments in getting on the ice where you can laugh with the person who's mm-hmm. competing after you or, it, and I, it's funny. I always remember um, there were only like two or three of us guys who would compete against each other in this region mm-hmm. because it's a female dominated in right. this area, but it was always, you know, me and Justin. And I was just like, well, well, Justin's going to win, but Justin was, you know, great. And we'd have all these laughs, you know, getting ready to, you know, go on and go off or mm-hmm. see him at competition. And I just remember that I didn't feel like there was this hatred or, you know, Ooh, I want you to lose. It was just always, we wanted each other to do well. And mm-hmm. I always wanted to do well. And I just remember when I um, passed a test, he was like, congratulations. And it was never like, right. it, there was never this animosity. And I think yeah. that that 
that is really important. Those little victories, those little friendships, those little moments, because you never know when you move to another town, you might be skating with his sister. And that's what happened to me. So, you know, it's just, I feel like there's a lot of little successes along the way that add up to a bigger puzzle of more success down the road versus that instant success. And I think that skating is a lifelong journey versus an instant journey. And I think everybody's journey in the sport is different, Mm -hmm. which is why it's so much fun. Right. Right. Well, I love that. It's, it's, you know, skating is like an additional language that you can add to your toolbox. It is a way of connecting to people. It's a way of alleviating stress and to be active. Oh, 100%. And it's a great way to connect with a network once you're professional. When I had a bad day at work Mm -hmm. or just was struggling, I went Mm -hmm. to the rink because what kind of when you can get out there and do some real fast laps and just go like this and hear that wind, like, what kind of fun is that? You know, Mm -hmm. that is like all of it just floats off you and you're in your own world. And, and you're right. It is a language because Mm -hmm. whenever I want to be, um, you know, whenever I want to talk to the sports reporters, I'll be like, Oh my gosh, did you see that quad sow? Yeah. And they're like Mm -hmm. talking about four quads. Can you believe that four quads in a program? And they're, they always laugh at me because they're like, Bradley's crazy, but then they watch it and they go, Oh yeah, this is a sport. You know, yeah. this is art, this is not easy, Yeah, but um, you're right. It is a language. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. You know, it's just one, you know, cause you're a communication specialist. So you see like that in order to um, connect a story to people, you have to be visual, you know, you yeah. have to uh, move around and be, have that kinesthetic element to it. You have to have that auditory delivery with the right tone and the right cadence and the right rhythm of what you're saying. So yeah, um, I do think, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) thank God, patient. So yeah, I do think, um, well, it was such a pleasure talking to you today. So much for having me. I I don't feel like I uh, measure up and oh my gosh, first else on this. This is the I'm you know right now the mom is coming out of me and stop that because your brain is listening. (laughs) I mean it, Brad Matthew. (laughs) You stop that. Am I Kelly? (laughs) Yes, I mean that because your brain is listening, and your brain doesn't is only rooting for the words that you say. So you have, yeah, I measure up, (laughs) you know what, you were fantastic today. You, you. I've never been nervous doing this today. I was nervous. Oh, I was nervous. I was like, no, I was nervous. I I was more nervous than you were nervous. Yeah. So it is, it is different being on the other side. That's for sure. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Different because I, I, when I go into an interview, I know what I'm going to ask and (laughs) I, I, I let it, you know, pan out and that's what you did and this is very comfortable. well you know what the, this is the nicest part i think because parents and skaters and um uh adult skaters you know uh, coaches they hear that first of all coaches hear what an impact they truly can have on a skater's life because every single person that i spoke to talks about the um you know that that ever you know that takeaway that they won't they carry with them that meant so much to them and i just think it's so important that um there's so much more than competitions oh yeah than living a competitive life because it's about constant improvement well so. and i agree with you 100 percent. and mm-hmm. I, I think again sometimes coaches do forget that impact that they have and i know mm-hmm. that I was grateful for the one that I had because right. even to this day still, when I need a kick, she's 
more than happy to give it to me. Right. <laughs> Sometimes I need that kick. So yeah, but it, it, it built your resiliency, right? And now yeah. you have that grit that you don't storm off and walk off the set. You never stormed off and walked off the ice when you fell in a program. I wasn't allowed. <laughs> Move it through, right? You keep going. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, you're totally right. You don't get to do that. And Mm-mm. I think that the fact that I learned that and mm-hmm. the way that I learned it. Right. Because, I mean, you know this. When you mm-hmm. fall on the ice. It, it hurts. It, that's the question that people mm-hmm. always ask me is, does it fall to hurt? Well, yeah, of course it fall, It hurts. It's concrete right? with ice on top of it. Exactly. Of course it hurts. It hurts, yeah. but I don't get, I, I don't even get the second to register it, right? Like right. you got to just keep going. It's yeah. not, and, and, and yeah. it's just, it's, I don't know, it's second nature for me. You know, you, mm-hmm. you go down and it's like, ah, da, 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 da. and even in the morning time when I'm, I'm messing up on a script, I kind of do a little eye roll like, okay, oops, I messed it up. And then. I just keep going because right. that's the fall, right? Like, oh, right. I did that, but here we go. So, and, and a lot of it is that, you know, when you have that eye roll, how do you recover from that? You know, like right. when I say eye roll, I mean the fall, like, cause I, I, I'll be reading down like, oh gosh, I can't believe I said, you know, a simple word wrong. Right. And then I'm like, well, but does anybody really get mad about that? Mm-hmm. You know, they, right. they know, they right. know that. They know that I'm, I'm out here trying my best at mm-hmm. four in the morning without any coffee in me. Right. <laughs> so, right. You know, I think you you catch a lot more people. You bring a lot more people on your team with sincerity and um, genuineness than you do with trying to be something that you're not. And I think that that is my takeaway from all of this, this whole big journey that we're all on, is that being yourself really isn't that cliche. It's what really makes the difference. Well, I want to end it there because that is okay. the final pose. I'm giving you a standing ovation. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the Trophy Life today and sharing yeah. your experience on your takeaways from your competitive life. Thank, Thank you, you Brad. Having- for information about what influenced my trophy life, check out my book, Parent Up, Inspire Your Child to Be Their Best Self available on Amazon. As always, you can find me on Instagram at krippon. For any questions and comments and more information about the trophy life, feel free to check me out at kellyrippon.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.